Greatest hit number two in our summer countdown is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. The context for this verse includes Proverbs verses 1 through 12. Listen to God's word. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Well, it's time for the message, and, and uh, to review, we have been counting down the greatest hits of Bible verses. Now, how did we come up with this countdown? Well, we asked the congregation, and at first it was more of a, a brainstorm. Uh, that we did, and people nominated verses to our church website, and we came up with close to, it was close to 40 or 50 uh, verses that, that had like more than one person suggest them, and then we ranked them all, and we came up with the top 10, and then we, we printed those out, put those up on the walls of our fellowship hall, and back in June, if you would remember, we had a, an effort where with those sticky, colored sticky dots, we all kind of voted in terms of their, their meaning to us, you know, the, their relative meaning, acknowledging all along that all Scripture is useful and beneficial. And there's not one word of Scripture that's less important in general, but there are some Scriptures that have been very meaningful to us personally. And so we came up with a top ten, and we did a countdown. Here we are, week number two. The number one is going to be introduced next week. Isn't it amazing? We've counted down all this way, but here we are at number two. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, reading from the NIV. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. This verse is obviously beloved. It's beloved by God's people here and elsewhere. As I was doing some research, looking at biblical commentaries on this verse, you know, it's, it is not lost on even the most academic biblical scholar that this is one of the most memorized verses in all of Scripture. 
One of the cool things about doing this series that for me as a pastor has been to see the connections between these verses as we talk about them in the series. I've never put what we talked about last week, Jesus' greatest commandment, I've never put that together with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, ever. And yet because they are stacked back to back, there's actually a phrase in both verses that is a very special phrase in Scripture, and that is the phrase, with all your heart. Jesus said the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And here it is to trust in the Lord with all your heart. In the NIV translation, that only occurs, that phrase occurs 24 times in Scripture. Uh, and 19 of those are in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament law or in the wisdom books. But half of the Old Testament instances are from Deuteronomy. Which is the law from which Jesus is quoting in the New Testament. So... This verse, or these two verses from Proverbs, is connected into the law, into the Torah, especially as it is given voice through Deuteronomy, the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And there are eight other times in Deuteronomy where God's people are encouraged to love God with all their heart. And so not only are the, these verses beloved in our hearts, but it's about the heart. So it deepens us from last week to this week. It deepens our heart connection with God. I think that's wonderful. But it is a verse from Proverbs, and Proverbs is part of what is called the wisdom literature of the Bible. It's a particular kind of writing. It's passing on wisdom. You know, some things in Scripture are about telling stories or narratives, like the great uh, Old Testament narratives of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, uh, stories of Elijah, King David. Those are narrative stories. The Gospels in the New Testament are an example of a special kind of that. The story of Jesus and his disciples. The Acts of the Apostles. But there are other forms as well. And the wisdom literature, it ranges in style. Sometimes it's in a poetic form. In Proverbs. Sometimes uh, it, it kind of hides itself in the middle of a worship book, like in the Psalms. Every once in a while you read a Psalm and you realize, oh, this sounds a lot like Proverbs because it's wisdom. Within the wisdom literature, you have kind of a dominant um, kind of formula that you read over and over again. And you definitely heard it not only in these two verses, but in the context uh, that Tisha read, the full first 12 verses of chapter 3. And that is... There is a command, or if you think about wisdom, there's advice that is given. And then there are the consequences of taking that advice to heart and actually living it out. Or the opposite. What happens if you don't follow that advice? 
So some have kind of narrowed this down to, uh, to two words, command and consequence. So in the, uh, in the wisdom literature, and especially in Proverbs, there are a lot of commands that are given. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And there are consequences given. He will make your paths straight. Or in other translations, he will direct your paths. And in the context, Proverbs goes more deeply into the specific application of that. Now, when you look at wisdom literature, and this is true about Proverbs, and it's certainly true about this verse, is, is that your worldview has to be one that sees that we as human beings, within just ourselves, don't have it all together all the time. We actually are incomplete in our human wisdom. So we need God's wisdom. So this verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding or your own insight. And, and that kind of goes together. It's like two sides of the same coin. You're really transferring some of your trust in your own self to God because you recognize the trust that I have, I mean, that my wisdom that I have might be sufficient, but I need something more than, than I have. I need God's wisdom because it is greater, stronger, etc. Now, sometimes as human beings, we might chafe against that, that sense that, hey, I, I'm not sure I do need uh, any advice. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty confident. A lot of times we talk about uh, the, the concept of, of human beings like never choosing something that is uh, negative for them, right? Why would someone ever choose something that results in a bad result for them? Okay, so there's a phenomenon on social media that is very addictive to watch. And the word to describe it is fails. Okay, so... So the people smiling when I said that are, are part of the social media world, and they know exactly what I'm talking about. So what a fail is, it's usually a video recording of a human being trying to do something. Most of the time, even in the attempt, it's very clear they are being absolutely foolish. Why in the world would you try to do that? jumping off that cliff, riding that bike down that, that mountain of sand. All of those things that you see on these fails, they come up on social media, and they are on YouTube. There's whole operations just about recording and collecting these fails. I don't know what it is about seeing other people wipe out. And what it says about us as human beings, that we love to watch it and can't get enough. One after the other, and another, and another, to see these wipeouts. Um, but here's what it does say. If you bring a little bit of wisdom to it, you see these fails and you say, I cannot believe how many people, human beings in this world, would do such foolish things. 
it may cause you to doubt the level of wisdom innate in the human community. <laughs> I, you know, we have video capability here in this church. I could have shown you some of these fails. I don't want to encourage it. <laughs> I really don't want to encourage it. Uh, because it does sort of like all of the worst of social media. Uh, it's, it, one person's fail might encourage someone to try to do the same thing. They fail. It's recorded on video. It's posted. It happens on and on and on. And some of them are not only cringeworthy, but they're literally, they don't tell the story of, of how many months in traction someone, someone was in after we did this. But what these videos display is that these are examples of people who thought they had it, but they didn't. They thought they had it, but they didn't. And they paid the price for it. That phenomenon, which by the way, if you're thinking this is an, this is, this is an outlier thing, Kurt, what are you talking about? This is a culturally defined thing. I'm telling you, the world out there, especially in the, the younger side of things, this is a major phenomenon that's part of life. Right, Zoe? <laughs> yes, indeed. So, so uh, they thought they had it, but they didn't. It fits right in with Proverbs. You see, in our lives, there are so many times when we think we have it until we don't. We think we have it all under control. We think our wisdom is enough. And so we do what we have decided to do. And then we learn that we didn't have it. And some of those are fails. Now, now many of us come from the generation where we didn't record it on video and show it to the whole world. But we know what the experience is like, don't we? So that puts this verse into relief. And I think it shows why innately, uh, why we as, as Christians really love this verse. Because it shows that God is available with the wisdom that we need. And maybe even from experience, we, we, have, we know what it means to fail in our own wisdom. And isn't it a great promise that God has wisdom to give us? Wisdom that is sufficient. Wisdom that will set us on the right path, on the straight path. Wisdom that will not lead to wipeout. So let's talk about the first part of this verse. Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. So trust and don't trust go together here. Trust in the Lord. Really, don't trust fully in your own understanding. And the trust has to do with the properties of where we, will, where we are looking for the support for our actions. Think of the, the back that you're leaning into right now and how helpful that is. If it was up to just you sitting there, on a rock or a bench or just on the ground, you'd start feeling it. 
in this verse, in Proverbs, these verses of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, there's a contrast between what is solid, what is worthy of leaning into, and maybe what is shifting, unstable, not worthy of leaning into. Think of Jesus' parable of the wise and foolish builders. Do you remember that parable? Where Jesus contrasts builders who build upon the rock versus building upon the sand. Very simple concept. And yet, you, when, even when Jesus says that parable, you'd say, well, who would be foolish enough to build a house on the sand? But then you think about it a little more, and you realize, oh, us. <laughs> Human beings decide to build houses on different types of, of, uh, of, of ground. Some of those more vulnerable to destruction than others. Think about what we stand on and our snap judgment about what will hold our weight and what will not hold our weight. When something is out of our reach, let's take a big box home store. Let's just take one of those, for instance. When you are in one of those aisles, and remember, you know, those stacks of things go way up. Like what? How many feet, do you think? 30 feet? Plus? Okay, and usually like there's about four sections. I could do a show of hands here. How many of you do the wise thing? And the immediate thing is you look around. If there's something you want on that third shelf that's way above, like twice as, as tall as you are, how many of you go find an associate who can move those portable stairs over, walk up the stairs with guardrails, and get that thing? And how many of you Start to plan. I know what you would say, Steve. I know that. Uh, how many of you are already planning your American Ninja Warrior route <laughs> up there? Because if, if you could just get a footing here and you can just put your hand here, you can reach up and you can grab that. Or even better, you can kind of tip it off and by the time you land safely on the ground, you catch it. Right? Am I convicting anyone here? Is there? Thank you, Gary. Yeah, because that's... I, that's my first go-to. Is like, I can do that. Until I can't do that. OSHA. OSHA is like the, the companion in our law to Proverbs. Why do we need OSHA? Because people think they have it until they don't. The United States Department of Labor, uh, they uh, have the Occupational Health and Safety Administration. Short for, uh, for that are the letters O-S-H-A, OSHA. Um, it, was a, it was a congressional act in 1970 to ensure safe and healthful working conditions for workers by setting and enforcing standards and by providing training for this. So, so we live in a world that is conditioned by wisdom from a trustworthy source because there was the need for it. And there's so much unnecessary suffering that is not happening because of that standard. Like, just even to recognize that. Sometimes we can complain about it because we try to make a shortcut and we realize, oh, can't do that. 
Because it's against the law. It's against the rules. It's against our better judgment. It's against wisdom. But it's designed so that people don't get unnecessarily hurt and unnecessarily suffer. And that's what God's word is all about. That's what Proverbs is saying. That's what this verse is all about. To trust in God and not ourselves. To look to the regulations. Not OSHA, but Scripture. And God's words that are meant to do us well. So there's two different ways that we can interpret this. Uh, and, and actually, I think it's not an either or. I think it's both and. So one way of looking at the trust and don't trust is looking at it as a replacement. Like literally swapping it out. You know, swapping out all that you're thinking and just replace it with what God wants you to be thinking about a given topic. You're leaning on God's wisdom along with an emphasis on not trusting your own ideas. You're, you're maybe wondering, you kind of have this, this, this reminder that if you're thinking about it and you're not thinking about what God would say about it, that you're probably already a few steps down the wrong path. We aren't meant by our creator to go it alone. If we look at it that way, that sense of we weren't designed to live life without the creator's wisdom being with us. And so in a sense, if we try to do it without God, we've got parts missing. We need God to be whole, especially when it comes to wisdom. But another way of looking at it is more of a layered approach in looking at God's wisdom as a backup. That there are certain capacities that we have as human beings that God has given us wisdom. You know, the, has God given us common sense? I, I refer you to the fail videos. I, I'm not 100% convinced that this is a universal thing that everyone has. Um, I think it's, it's wisdom, uh, but, and God certainly has a, 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 something to say about that. But looking at God's wisdom as something that, that is a backup for when our wisdom is insufficient. Um, but the key thing is, is you have to be connected into that backup because then it's not going to do you any good. Like if you have a backup drive on your computer uh, and it's, it sits over uh, just on a shelf or in a box somewhere and you never connect it to your computer, having that backup doesn't do you any good if your computer fails. However, if you incorporate that backup into your life, now you just have this expanded capacity. Yes, it starts with the God-given wisdom that, that he's given you, your ability to learn and grow and make good decisions and learn, hey, this went better for me than when I tried this. And, and God works through that, but then there are times when your own human capacity comes to an end where what you're facing overflows your ability to wisely think about what to do, how to think. And so the key there, I think, from Proverbs would be make sure that backup is well hooked up. Run a couple of test runs, right? Make sure that connection is secure. Now the key to this is in the first part of 
the second verse of verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord. Or in the NIV, it's submit. Here's the different words used for the Hebrew word yada. NIV says submit to the Lord. Uh, some of you memorized this. And what, what did the King James Version use here? Acknowledge, right. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Now, the English Standard Version, the New Revised Standard Version, continue that, and they use the word acknowledge. The Good News Translation, which was really popular about a generation and a half or two ago, uh, in the 70s and 80s, just simply said, remember. Remember the Lord. The New Living Translation says, seek his will. It's more, getting more specific. And then the New American Bible, which is a, more of a, uh, a modern language Roman Catholic Bible, actually uses a term that has become very popular these days. And that is, be mindful. Be mindful. You know, mindfulness has, has a lot of different streams and some of those streams come from like Eastern religions, but, but I think here in Proverbs and a lot of the wisdom literature, we have our own streams that would call us to a particular kind of mindfulness, right? Keeping it in your mind that God has the wisdom that I need. And what do we do? So these are all yada, and, and the Hebrew word yada means to know. And This is a hard word to translate because almost any choice that we make is going to be insufficient to cover it. This is one of the most profound words in all of the Hebrew language. um, To know. that Just that sense of intimate knowledge. It really speaks of a relationship. That it's not just a transactional thing. Like, hey, I'm going to get this wisdom from God and say, see a God, I'm on my way. No. To acknowledge God to remember God, to know God, is to be in constant contact. Think about that, whether it's the backup drive or you swap your hard drive, you are in constant contact. No endorsement implied. You're in constant contact with God, and that's the key. We consult. To consult is to seek advice or information from, to seek guidance from someone or some source. That's the essence of knowing and acknowledging and remembering and being mindful of the Lord, is we consult the Lord. We consult the Lord when we are trying to make a decision. We consult the Lord regularly in advance. What, what do daily devotions mean one, one thing that they mean is that we consult the Lord daily in advance knowing we are going to face some split-second decisions where we will need God's wisdom. And so we do it ahead of time. Prayer, a life of prayer, and also studying God's word, those are the lifeblood of this lifestyle. This lifestyle of knowing the Lord. We consult with people who have greater wisdom than us. Think about how we consult with our doctors. How we might consult about a legal matter with a lawyer. Uh, We might consult with a home improvement project, with a contractor. Or maybe our car uh, gets hit and is an accident, (laughs) which can happen to anyone, including happening to my family this week. Uh, We would go to a car mechanic who, who, who... 
we consult with because they have greater wisdom than us. Even the whole phenomenon of do-it-yourself. How many do-it-yourselfers do we have? D-I-Y. But it's amazing when you think about it. Do-it-yourself is really about not, not buying it pre-done by someone else. But when I think about DIY and the people who do it yourself, what do you do first thing? Do you just make something up? No, there's, there's a, an incredible kind of wisdom-seeking operation that goes on. You might take a class and learn how to do this particular thing. The YouTube, to use an example where videos online can be actually helpful, you can go to YouTube and find examples of people who have done it before you, and they have their own thing to share about how you can do that. So it turns out DIY isn't about DIYing <laughs> because we actually look to others' wisdom uh, to help us out in that. All right, well, as we circle around and bring our sermon to a close, we look at the consequence, or in a sense, in wisdom literature, the reward. So if we trust in the Lord, not leaning on our understanding, and if in all our ways we acknowledge God and, and are mindful of him, the Lord will make your paths straight. The alternate translation here is direct your paths. I think just basically, think about the fails again. You'll avoid a lot of unnecessary suffering. That's what Proverbs promises. And I think it delivers on that. It delivers on that. In some ways, when you walk the path along with God's wisdom, one of your testimonies is, you know, I don't have sufficient wisdom. Without God and his word in my life, I have no way of knowing how much I would have messed things up. Now, you don't often hear that as a Christian testimony, but is that true? I find that to be true for myself. The fails of our own foolishness. Sometimes this text is, is interpreted as that everything will go perfectly. That what a straight path means is that we won't have any problems. But I think it's important to observe that it doesn't really say that. It says make your path straight. It doesn't say the right path or the straight path will be easy. It doesn't say that we won't come across some very challenging and perplexing things. Sometimes our path will involve loss. Sometimes it will be uphill and we'll be tired. Sometimes it will be rainy and the winds will threaten to, to blow us right off the path. But when we're on the straight path, when God is directing our path, we will know that we're in the right place, heading in the right direction. We won't be lost. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. Amen.